The good perk. Jesse, I'm busting off the pill. Oh, this perk has me reaching for the Luger. 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dog barking. 48 minutes of dog barking. So let's do some content here. Because, let's do uh, some content. Are we 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 don't want to record on Blackout Wednesday? No, no. I got I got some DUIs to rack up, Jason. I don't know about you? <laughs> I, I got ball, shit going on. Yeah, yeah I got a ball. A ball of Mad Dog, <laughs> some scratchers tickets, Let's and uh, go, and the oil change lights on. <laughs> it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to make some shit happen. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, first and foremost, welcome to the show. It's Forty Minutes Dogs Barking. It's one of our many bonus episodes that you guys are privy to because you're just you're just that much fun. Is this is this really a bonus episode when it's really like we we don't want to think of, up a whole other set of things and it's the holiday next week and <clears throat> that's what we're calling it we're calling it a bonus call, episode call, right <laughs> listen folks folks we, listen we cut here. off all the fat yep and we gave the savings to you oh the yeah darling public passing it along passing it along Whew. Oh, jesus holy moly holy motherfucker holy moly piss god, and shit god damn oh god oh god oh what are we gonna talk about today brian you know, Jason, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have been thinking about some stuff. Yeah. The, the the thing that's always getting to me, and this, I, I guess it's really just me, but <sighs> people online don't know how to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I, it's, it's the main character syndrome. It's, it's the poster's curse. They don't know how to shut the fuck up. Some of the stuff I see people confessing to daily on twitter or anywhere really facebook's particularly bad for it but that's just because you know everyone's everyone is now the racist uncle who just says shit yeah there was somebody out there one of the big things is also the engagement farming which this post here it's a bowl of white rice and it says ketchup doesn't exist what are y'all adding to this it was like like i said with rory like would you would you jack off in front of a kid who didn't have to nut? <laughs> yeah, well, and this one's even more fucking benign because like ketchup doesn't exist. I'm not putting ketchup on right rice. Who the fuck do you think I am? Honky. Yes, but <laughs> yes, and well, I, all, I also have, have you've also uh, thrown off the, the glory of your Aryan heritage for multiculturalism. So yeah. I do I do that for fun though. That's just for me. <laughs> I don't do that for any other reason. I'm pretty self-deprecating, and I've I feel like I've said some I've I've really bared my soul sometimes on social media. But I like to think that like there's something funny or there's something interesting there. I think some people it's like they're kind of telling on themselves for no reason either. Yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, my am my am you know my wife's gonna do this. It's frustrating me because I can't think of the exact example I was thinking of, but. You understand what I'm saying. Like, there's just... Hey, scroll back up. Yeah. Was uh, that one comic, was that Barnacle Jim? It is yes. Barnacle Jim. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this one... Oh, that's right. This didn't make the cut. Um, so Keith Stack 
one of my favorite cartoonists on Twitter. Oh shit, we just had Rory on. We could have talked about Keith Stack. But uh, Keith Stack, one of my favorite cartoonists on Twitter, one of his cartoons made its way to something awful. And the GBS, <laughs> and, and so GBS has a thread right now of this one comic and they're remixing it. And it's that, it, so it's his, his comic is these two lesbians live together. Les, Bri, Leslie and Brianne, Les, Brianne. Uh, <laughs> and the blonde one is, is Brianne. The, the one with the blue hair is Leslie. So Brianne is drawing something, gets so horny that she has to run off and, out of my way. I need to jerk off. I need to jerk off immediately. And so this GBS poster has, has, made it so that she's drawing Barnacle Jim <laughs> in his long well, you fucking know what, face. Man? I made a great Barnacle Jim joke on Facebook and no one. No? You did not see it? I must not see algorithms against me. I didn't yeah, see it. You did, you did not see the, the... I didn't see it. Hold on. Yeah, please. Oh, uh, I did have a follow-up on something. Shit, see? This is this is what happens when I cut content for time. So here's, here's a couple of, of uh, things that I had to cut. So one of the things that I found was... There was this guy. I know you've seen him foaming at the mouth in this photo. Yeah. Well, apparently, as it turns out, former football player has CTE delusions way into QAnon. TampaBay.com telling us for the last six to eight months he's been spending most of his time on Twitter. He is a digital soldier in General Flynn's army. Big QAnon shit. Yeah. And he spends his days trying to convince others on Twitter to believe in Trump. In one episode, he believed his parents' neighbors were pedophiles who had stolen his marijuana. When his father intervened, the gentleman pushed him down and was arrested for battery on a person over 65. The charges were dropped. Now, he did then, running from the cops, barricade himself in a hotel room as deputies tried to serve him papers and then caused thousands of dollars in property damage. He claimed people were trying to blow up the floor beneath him he now lives in an assisted living facility. So um, I feel kind of bad, but he also looks unhinged. And that foaming at the mouth reaction to Trump. It's, it's, the, it's the look on my face when I see a titty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. When it's, ah, uh, gotta have it. So I don't have to keep pulling this up. Here's Please. A, here's oh, a Facebook yeah, here post. Go. All right. Is a, is, a, is a picture of Barnacle Jim. Yeah. And it says, the IDF just published this image of the Hamas commander currently hiding under Al-Shifa Al Hospital. What a chilling gaze. <laughs> and if you've never seen this picture of Barnacle Jim, he does have kind of his eyes half-lidded. And he's got this kind of dopey expression on his face. And his face is very... Long. It's a long, long face. ass face. Long face. And uh, yeah, also me talking about how I, I think Boy Genius is really overrated. Yeah, I. I mean, it's fine, but like, I really no, no, no. Like you're not. I've, here's the thing. You're not wrong. You're not. I feel wrong. like it is music to go take a piss to. Yeah, I. Because that was because I, I watched their their SNL performances. I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. The algorithm on YouTube's feeding this to me. I guess. I'll, sure. Yeah, you know, whatever. And I remember watching I'm like, this is fine, but I've seen this band like 50 times. Oh, yeah. I, yes. th this is the band where it's like, I'm going to go out and like, with I'm going to go out with everyone smoking and see what, what's going on out there. Or I'm going to go take a piss. Or I'm going this is not the band I sit through the entire set. No, no. Here's my problem with them. And I think I mentioned this in a comment to that post. Lucy Dacus is busy doing that and not making a follow up to home video. Oh yeah, which is a shame because home video 
is a banger of a oh, record. It whips ass. It does. You've you seen these guys? You've seen these two guys here in this in this uh, little poster? No, I haven't. So this is a a a, a fake podcast called Built for Gamers. What? Yeah, so it's one of these YouTube channels where the guys are talking into mics. I think it's called it's either built for gamers or built as built by gamers. And it is two dudes and they're just talking about the dumbest shit. <laughs> Best Fortnite Island. <laughs> Venom is canceled. <laughs> All right. Those two are the most engagement farming motherfuckers out there. Like the video and tell us what you thought. I hate those guys. The, it's, something about the way they talk feels unnatural. It's uncanny valley time. Just, they don't feel real. They, this one so guy is in this... It really, is this a real thing or is yeah. this a bit? You know, that's that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Because so, like, if, if you told me that was a bit, I'd believe it. Because there's know. something about like everything feels off. Yeah, just, like someone's making a joke. And I guess, boy, if it is a joke, jokes on me. I guess I, I don't know, man. It's so bizarre, and it's gone around the bend. Where like I can't tell if it's parody anymore because they really seem to be. They're doing a very good job if it's parody because I cannot distinguish it from the real deal. Yeah, that's that's un- uncanny. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Well, because like my son, like I've talked about him. He's big into YouTube and he watches you know game theory and a million other channels and all this stuff. And they sound just like those guys. So like these guys that that you know my son watches that are you know your son's gonna learn how to like disable like a police SUV or something with a oh good a for him RF drone or something <laughs> good for him yeah hopefully you know, hopefully. children children are our future children but, uh, are our future and the future <laughs> the future involves <laughs> police officers <laughs> you better believe that's gonna get believed you couldn't remember that real fucking uh... <laughs> after hours yeah baby yeah, I only have one beer. Uh, did I ever tell you about the time my my girlfriend got me crossfaded? No, and I no, just no. like I think I just because I don't really drink that much anymore. Right, I'll smoke a little bit. Sure, because I got anxieties for your many maladies. For and... my many the many things society has wrought upon me. Right, my little my little reprise, my little bit of of, of uh, freedom from it is uh, sometimes smoking what they call the pen. But I think like I just like went between. Like wanting to play Armored Core Six, and I think dozing off. And I was like, "Yeah, that's why I don't do this. <laughs> yeah, this is really like a me activity. This is not like a another person in the apartment act. This is like, yeah, uh, it, this is me. Like it's raining. Yeah, I got nothing better to do. Yeah, kind of thing. I get it. It's hard to get that kind of thing going when you're, you know." picking kids up from school or if you're doing it you know, oh yeah like, you uh, can't really you really just can't make it a whole day commitment no okay that's that's part of why i'm like yeah I'm not yeah i mean anymore. like before i was in a relationship with my my girlfriend and all that and i was just living the swinging bachelor life yeah there were like days off like you know what i'm just going to see how much cleaning i can get done <laughs> right while being incredibly stoned yeah it was a couple times i did not succeed those yeah, a couple times I did all right. Well, I was all... like, I'm gonna make this interesting. I'm gonna pull out my favorite record. Mm-hmm. Go and get my nice reference speakers going. Okay, figure out what the food situation is gonna be. Get some mm-hmm. nice, tasty treats, and 
and that's you know the next next 10 hours is just going to be this it's it's yeah. one speed this is a one speed bike and it's awesome <laughs> what's the aquid line there's going to be a sign and the sign is sign will be that life is awesome yeah yeah that's <laughs> it's accurate yeah because man boy uh, i'm trying to think of like the last time i got good and proper crossfaded i think the last time jesus wept Lake of the Ozarks, it was a friend of mine's bachelor party. Uh, I think we started early in the afternoon, and then we got to, sun went down, so it must have been, you know, six or seven, because this was, had been before daylight savings, so, but we're out there, just on this little deck, looking out over the lake, and then someone approaches me with brownies. I said, okay, all right, let's do this, let's do the brownies. And someone hands me something else. And it was this. And um, one of our friends wasn't there. And apparently I had nothing but shit talk to say about this guy. So I spent the next 20 minutes just reading this guy, the riot act, even though he wasn't there. And then uh, passed out watching Heat. And that, and that, was, that, was, that was about... Wow. Uh, yeah. Started off strong and ended... Right, that was, that was, that was, it's like the the rocket you put together in Boy Scouts. Absolutely, yours yeah. didn't even get off the launch pad. No, no, <laughs> made a lot of smoke. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It just didn't didn't go anywhere. I don't know anything about anything, right? I'm just I'm just a guy, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fucking party. And uh, no, I was I was the first one out. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to work in the Del Mar Loop, so I was so used to guys with dreadlocks being like, hey man, you want to buy a space cake? I'm like, no. Because I remember one of my coworkers did that and was like, "Yeah, it was just a really good brownie. There was no wheat." <laughs> like, oh like, no! Like I was like, "But it was a good brownie." But yeah, but it was like twenty bucks, man. Like, oh I mean, shit! I mean, I could gone down. I, like, I could gone to the coffee shop next door mm-hmm. and got like a five dollar brownie that would whip that. Been just as good, yeah. Jeez. And and there would have been no. Is it gonna hit? <laughs> you're sitting there waiting like three hours. And you're like, oh, the God worst, damn it! The worst thing is. Um, Realizing your metabolism changes and now you metabolize edibles way quicker. Oh boy. It used to be an edible would take a long time to hit. Uh huh. So like on my birthday, have I, did I ever tell you about this? I don't think so. I, I did. took an edible before I came over here on my birthday. Nice. And uh and I was like, Well, I know it takes about forty five minutes or so before I really start noticing. So like just gotta get everything done, get mm-hmm. over here within like an hour. Okay. And I'll be tight. And yeah. it was like literally as like we were getting on your street, I'm like, <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> uh, all right, Park. I hope I hope the street's not too too busy because parallel parking is going to be real interesting. Parallel parking. It's okay, like one of those yeah. things where like you. I'm so glad it hit right as we we're like here, here as opposed yeah. to halfway here. Yeah, that that would have been a, a yeah. Real... Well, I mean, it's a short drive, so it wouldn't have been a big issue. But anyway, still, it, but it's but enough. I'm like, I'm just kind of like feeling roasted. And we're like talking in your Phoenix barbecue, which was fantastic, by the way. I don't Thank think you. I've said that on mic here, but I, I think you, you cooked have, up a sorry. smorgasbord of delicious foods, that pork steak. <laughs> yeah. All those yeah, ribs. Yeah. All the mm. burgers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn, man. That's the that, burgers. Uh, that's that Marilyn, my, my sister-in-law's stuff. She, yeah, she, the, that's the good shit, man. Mm-hmm. That's the good shit. And yeah. your your lovely wife oh started asking me like 50 questions oh, and i'm yeah. like oh no <laughs> i feel I, this oh, is no. like this is what this is what <laughs> must have been like because i didn't smoke as a teenager yeah, yeah or at least in any way where i would have gotten caught by my mom or my parents sure um or any authority figure i was pretty <clears throat> good about that yeah this must be what have been like 
when like your parent finds out you're stoned as a teenager and they and they don't want to necessarily like call attention to it, but they are gonna make you suffer for it. Yeah. And I could not keep up with like your your wife's line of questioning. I'm just like, I just want to eat food. <laughs> I think I might have done I think I might have just turned away slowly yeah. Yeah. and let let my girlfriend talk or like let, let uh, like Danny or someone talk. Oh, I'm like boy. I'm I'm gonna act like I'm just oh, really man. hungry. I just want to eat some support steak i got things going on i'm sorry i gotta get yeah out i was like i feel like i've been found i've been made i'm like i'm like i don't know is your is your wife mad that like i'm stoned around the kids or something god no <laughs> no 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 she that's how she acts with everyone she's okay. just she's a very she's naturally curious she, yeah and, that, and, that, and, and normally that's fine but it was like when those things yeah. were like oh i don't get paranoid but that was definitely a moment where like am i getting fucked with because like this is good yeah it's yeah. like if someone if, if she's <laughs> If she's jerking my chain, this is top tier level. Like I'm like one of those things. Where like just take me, just take me to jail. Yeah, yeah. I, wherever this is, <laughs> turn I, myself I, in. I'll, 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 let me just sleep it off. <laughs> no, no. She's just a, she's a, a very naturally inquisitive person. I think that's what makes her a good therapist, and that's sure. what makes her you know, good at her job. And I mean, she does have a, a bit of a like a little sister streak where she will fuck with people. But I don't think that's what that was. I don't think. Sure. I don't think for that. I don't think that's what that was. But but boy, that that is incredibly funny. I think the last time I got really stoned on my own. I mean, I'm a lightweight man. Like two and a half milligrams can mm. fucking throw me down mm. uh, as far as levels goes. Five milligrams. Oh man, it's over. Yeah. Um, but I just like two and a half, like half of a pearl. Mm-hmm. And I I I did on empty, kind of an empty stomach, which is I think what my mistake was. Yeah, as far as, for like, sure. It, it coming all a little too quick. But just really like to summarize what happened there was uh, I uh, I was making my girlfriend a a, a playlist on Spotify. I, I started crying because I couldn't figure out which Tom Waits song I wanted to put on there. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I love I was it. Like, I, was like, I was also in those moments while I'm realizing like this is such a roast beef moment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't figure out which which Tom Waits song to put on for Molly. Oh man, I am the worst guy to ever live. Yeah. Oh man, I am not the main dude. Not, <laughs> not the main dude at all. Not. I was just like, man, I'm, I've really hit. I've hit a a not <laughs> a actual rock bottom, but like local. Em, yeah, I was gonna rock say, bottom. yeah, it's rock bottom adjacent. Yeah, this is this is the rock bottom for this point of my life. Right. Trying to figure out which Tom Waits song to pump, and then I just put like. Oh no! Oh, what did Rory send us? Oh, Rory! <laughs> so, if you listen to last week's episode, you heard us uh, speaking with Rory Blake about uh, Sinfest, one of my least favorite comics. Now, used to be a favorite, and he has sent us now in the in the DM. I was, weirdly was, trans transphobic. It's really fucked up, but like, it, there's a little bit of horseshoe theory at play here, mm. where it's just so absurd that it's like actually just. It kind of went around to be like, this is almost good. This is almost. I don't know. As soon as they start showing this 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 woman with the five o'clock shadow and the hairy arm saying the teeth of the Gazan devils will gnash harder. I think if I knew it wasn't by some weirdo transphobe turfy guy uh-huh. and it was just like someone who does like funny web comics and their brain just broke because life is absurd <laughs> and this world is 
it, it is becoming it's becoming a hard hard question of of asking is this world worth fighting for um if this was just like a someone else's brain breaking and they just had to make this as a way that they could just like go outside <laughs> i would be like oh okay yeah it's fine but knowing this is also a series of someone's brain breaking in the wrong way yeah it's so bizarre because they have like these these uh these monsters under their bed in their closets yeah that, that want want nothing to do with them yeah but are still this main threat i think it was the paranoid style that described it best but yeah i mean like this is right up there you know you could sit there with umberto eco and just like list the shit from ur fascism and just be like yep check 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 you know it's like it's it's like self-diagnosing in the dsm you can just find the checklist and go yep okay yep <laughs> just go down the list and a lot of fucking sinfest comics are that with both trans people the jews in quotes and anyone he doesn't like uh yeah federal agents in particular because of course he thinks that every January 6th was a false flag, whatever it is, you know, like he's got a combination QAnon brain worms, and then he's got the, they kind of cross pollinated with the turf brain worms. He's got the grab bag. He's kind of, he's kind of going for the yeah, whole thing. And, and nothing's, no, none of these thoughts, they're all fighting over like the same shitty, like chicken wing bone. Yeah, they're... <laughs> and none of them are strong. No, and not one is strong enough to win. <laughs> right? It's not. It's, and it's not even really worth it because, like, it's a yeah. It's a guy who was published in his college paper that has been having it. He has a tally counter on his webpage about how many days it has been since he has been syndicated. It's it's a major thorn in his side that he cannot get this comic syndicated. I take one look at it and I go, well, it's because it's fucking vile. But you know, like now. If Dagwood were oh. transphobic, mm. how would he even ever encounter a trans person? Though that's the thing is like Dagwood is so. Or, It'd just be a crossdresser. Be, well, it wouldn't be. A, it wouldn't be a trans person. It'd be a transvestite, right? Because I mean, it, it would have to be like the old timey thing because trans yeah. people apparently didn't exist in the sixties or whatever. Well, sure, <laughs> but I was just thinking like he only ever interacts with his wife, his boss, and and occasionally like, the dog. The dog, yeah. That's it. And uh, so, like, when, when would he run it? <laughs> folks, folks, <laughs> what if Beale Bailey was trans? Okay, all right, now we're talking. <laughs> and, and they just called it Female Bailey? F- female Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is real low effort. Yeah. Look, we're not firing on all cylinders here. Yeah, right? I'm just, I'm, what I'm saying is this Sinfest guy needs to get his shit together if he yeah. really wants to play this game. Our low-grade puns are probably funnier than anything he's done in the past month. I think my main problem with, with Tatsu Yoshida, that's the Sinfest guy that we keep referring to, is that he wants so badly to be legitimate. He wants so badly to have that Bill Watterson money. He wants it so hard, but he also has this hate in his heart that he can't get rid of. And so it infects everything he's done. And it just keeps growing and growing. He does these big Sunday spreads all as though he's intended to be in the color comics on a sun, right in a Sunday paper. Remember those newspapers? Remember, remember newspapers? Remember, uh, remember going outside? <sighs> remember water? Not for me. Remember onion dip? <laughs> but he has these... He has these four comic layouts that he does every Sunday 
and it's meant to emulate the big you know you'd see a big layout for something like a Calvin and Hobbes or like something like that it's, it's not your four panels or your three panels but it's just him puking his bile onto the page I guess digitally now but you know it, it's still the same idea just like he has to he has to get this out but then it never stops it just keeps going like he's been doing turf shit for years and years and years it's never getting any better his art is still He's he's a talented artist. It's just that his message is so fucking nasty. It's really vile because it's only just a slightly more sanitized angle of like what the Stones Toss guy is doing. Yeah, I don't know. The Stones Toss guy has a very like internet shit poster sense of humor, which is why I think sometimes with Stones Toss people will uh, like post his comics and not realize that like oh this is actually a terrible person right they don't know that like actually if this I always think the one of like the the tug of war yeah you know some a broken clock is right sure. twice a day so yeah I, I have a begrudging respect for at least hitting on a salient point every once in a while Sinfest does not. No, and that's the, that's the problem. No, this just seems like, uh, I mean, Space Moose was syndicated, right? Sure. Exactly. And, so. and Space Moose had so. had a comic about killing a time t- traveler, sealing his belt, fucking yourself in the ass, <laughs> and turning the world into a hellscape. And <sighs> At least that had a point of view and a joke attached to it. Yeah. Well, Space Moose was great. As we have covered. We ha- we, as has been established in the in the words of Brian Wheat, a.k.a. Leon Sumbitches. Uh, Leon Sumbitches. Writer of Gravity Train. Remember when things were easier? Were they vaguely, easier? I mean, vaguely. I mean, or maybe, was... like, maybe he just didn't like, bother to be dragged down. I think that's more what it is, actually, because things like you, know. you had, had like more like, oh, things will get better. Like, yeah, shit sucks. But like, you know, I'm young. I'm like, I'm like 23. And then like now you're like you're like in your 30s and you're like, oh, I just never really got any better. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I'm because, yeah, I'm thinking like, OK, you know, I I was scraping by and I was working at the casino three days a week doing overnights. Big bucks. Big bucks. And uh, that casino money. No. See, the that's cage. the thing. No, see, I wasn't working the cage. I was working customer service. Uh, that's right. You had to do the cards. I did have to do the cards for and, for the guys who like oh worst the worst people. Two o'clock in the morning, the bars have closed across town. Now they're here, and they're mad because they have to go through this line to get a card. They're mad because they're not drunk enough, and they need to be drunk right now. Yeah, and and, and they're gonna make it everyone else's problem. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the thing and the pay was shit and and people were really stupid and and like management just did not know how to manage and it was a whole thing and it just was one of those things where I'm like you know what I do not need this and then I re- and then I looked at my bank account and went actually I kind of do need this and so I tried to hang on as long as I could I stayed in that job well past my breaking point I just kind of my last day I don't know if I told you about this so they had this thing, this point system, and if you were late, you got a point. And if you were late ten times, that's termination. So you know, I worked there for several years. I had a couple points, but every time you get a point, it took ninety days for a point to come off. And so it was uphill battle, like trying to get 
trying to get free of any of these points that you've accrued was fucking insane. How late insane. was late? Was it like late, late? One minute. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. One minute late, clocked in on this computer system was considered late. Listen, we got to separate these fucking rubes from their money. Yeah. You, you got to get... One, you can't be one. If you, <laughs> if you can't be here on time, you are not part of the family mm-hmm. here at fuck them and suck them. Yeah. Uh, here, lose all your money on the, uh, the, the, the wheel of fortune machine. <laughs> fuck fast. Suck right. fuck fast. Yeah. All you can eat, prime rib. Oh, the worst prime rib you've ever had. You ever had prime rib that tastes like an old dirty condom come down the Harrods, baby? <laughs> a horseradish ain't gonna fix nothing. No, it's baked in. Yeah, that's it's, it's all the way through. The rot is all the way through, and <laughs> so I got to a point. Oh, they painted the sky on the ceiling because there's no windows. Uh huh. That's by design. Uh, it's also no clocks. Yeah, and... it's called atmospherics. It's a very interesting. Uh, <laughs> way to manipulate people you know yeah there's a whole subset of this kind of thing like once you notice like uh when you go into a grocery store that like the the fresh flowers are always by the entrance Mm -hmm. or by the frozen stuff and and where back when department stores were a thing like where carpet and where tile was Mm -hmm. and yeah, because you're delineating like uh, paths, and you're kind of creating this this movement flow. And the tile was also because you know when women did a lot of the shopping, you wanted their heels to click so they felt powerful. But when they actually had like stop and like look through you know carousels of clothes or whatever, that had to be carpeted so they would feel like they were at home. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. That shit, sexist as hell, but it makes sense. That, that that would be the way to manipulate someone mm-hmm. would be this kind of oh wow because I know you know red means you're, you're hungry or you know those kind of things but I didn't think about the tile thing wow that's a new one okay huh so yeah the atmospherics and and I'm trying to think of like when was the last time I was in a store that actually had decent atmospherics and I can't think of one because like most of the places I go I wind up going to fucking Target you know, and it's fine. It's yeah. Wh- it's whatever. Like the Gruen transfer, which is when like you walk into a space and you're like so overstimulated, you can't like make a rational decision. Mm. And people are like, oh, that never happens to me. Like, oh, you just don't notice it anymore. I was like, going to say, yeah, you're not immune to propaganda. I think some of those tricks don't work anymore because some of those spaces maybe don't exist in the same way. Mm. Well, I worked at a fucking Whole Foods. Mm. Every single time I walk through that fucking front airlock i knew it when it was happening because it's just like you know the smell the sights i mean like mm. i went to that whole foods i used to work at for the first time and i want to say probably like five or six years because i had a faux job out that way and i was on the way back and i was like you know what? i'll fucking stop by there and i'll get like a fucking sandwich from the sandwich station mm-hmm. and they didn't make the same sandwich that i used to love which was chipotle chicken they have something similar but different and boo it's just it's it's okay it just doesn't have the same swag to it but you know i might like walk into this place i had the space i hadn't been in probably since like 2016 2017 and was like immediately hit like i mean i probably if you would if someone came up like give me your wallet i would be like yeah sure <laughs> I was just like, like yeah. not just like stuff that had like memories attached to it, but just like so much at once. The smells, the yeah. colors, the sound of it. And like, it's just a fucking grocery store. Right. 
and you know one that tries to sell you this idea of conscious capitalism which doesn't exist but anyways next time you go to a shopping mall knows that like sometimes like one of the old tricks is that you you have to like turn like three times before you get anywhere yeah that that is that that's true that's an that's an because that's like because then that kind of messes up your internal compass It'll make you kind of discombobulated. You don't really notice it. And it'll make you... It's all about spending time in there. Huh. The more time you're in there, the more likely you are to shop. Right. Or just something, so on and so forth. And I guess the modern equivalent of that is like, how do you make a web page that's like sticky or a video that's sticky? Oh. Keeping eyeballs, keeping pe- time on there. Yeah, because the, the store that always turns my ass around is Ikea. Oh yeah, and the IKEA. That's I mean, there you go. That's the like the best Ultra. example. Yeah, you you've got you. I have no idea where I am at any given moment in an IKEA. I, I hate going to IKEA just for that because like I know what I know what the fuck is going on to me. Right, and I can't like get away from it. Right, because it's baked into the whole experience, like from top to bottom, literally. If you if you start at the food court, because yeah, because I gotta have my meatballs. But um, I think I've only ever been to the IKEA here, like maybe three or four times and it has always been a nightmare i remember the first time i went was right when it opened and they had like a second parking lot oh and you had like <laughs> walked to it and i was yeah. like remember like telling my friend like i feel like i'm at a refugee camp <laughs> to buy like particle board furniture right <laughs> yeah well i mean the uh the, the shelves in this room are, are all ikea and I got a little bit of IKEA and stuff. I ain't, I ain't too proud of it, but no. I mean, there's a few things that they do well, but but yeah, it's boy, walking through that place is just a fucking nightmare. Grady Hendrix did a great horror-themed novel set in an IKEA. I can't imagine it. Uh, I think it was called Terror Store. And boy, uh, if anything is ripe for. That kind of reappraisal, the the very horror of going to IKEA, is right up there. So I think uh, Grady had the right idea. Kind of surprised there haven't been more because that's the only one that I can actually think of. I think there may have been some sort of indie film, but it it's not registering. Like it, it if I saw it, I it's gone. Sure. Mind if I interject with another currently non attention given Facebook statuses? Oh please, go ahead. Tim Dillon walking up to a microphone, <laughs> reeking of sandwich mayo. Wow, I guess they should tra- detransition Israel, huh? <laughs> oh, come on, that's comics. gold. Yeah, that's no look. Hey, Tim Dillon deserves to be taken down a peg. And, I think and, Tim Dillon's funny. I also think he's a piece of shit. These two things, they yeah, can, they you can, can hold both ideas they can in your exist mind at yeah. the same time. Yeah, same with Sam Hyde. I think Sam Hyde's very funny. I also think Sam Hyde's a motherfucker. Oh yeah, yeah. It'd be- didn't we have a, a bit of Sam Hyde talk on the show previously? We were talking about the the documentary, the the dueling documentaries about. Yeah, Sam I Hyde. guess at some point we'll probably cover that stuff. Boy, it's just so much. I, it's so weird because I think I watched the iDubs first, mm, mm-hmm. and what got me about the iDubs because you watch the iDubs first, it's I think it's a better setup because mm. some of the stuff that you're like, what the fuck, gets explained. By right. the end, right, and then you watch Sam Hyde's version, and you get to see how he set it up and stuff. And I think they complement each other in a weird way. But the thing that always got me about the iDubs one is that, like, he's always maybe, maybe it's just like me being an asshole and how I grew up. But like, yeah, Sam's fucking with you. 
the whole entire fucking time. Sam also seems like he wants to be your friend in some weird way. There's a lot of stuff where if Sam was just going to like fuck with him, like it would have been a much shorter thing. <laughs> yeah, he would have gotten the gist and, and, and walked out. Yeah, but there's like a lot of like Sam also being like, I'm fucking with this guy, but I also kind of want him to hang out. And it doesn't seem like for the bit entirely. It's so hard to nail down guys like him. Like, what is he actually about? Is is he just having fun telling us all whatever we, you know, whatever we think about him already? Or obviously, he's never going to give you a straight answer because that's part. Of, that's the joke. That's what's mm-hmm. funny. But it's also seeing Idubs come into this and seeing his reaction, but also kind of knowing that, like, yeah, this guy, this is a put on man. You cannot possibly think this is serious. I, th- I think Idubs bought it. Did he? I think he bought it because, like, you know, like the fake girlfriend, there was like a point where he's like almost like trying to like he's trying to get her out of like a trafficking situation. Oh, yeah. And like all of his friends, they're like the fake crew. Yeah. I mean, I think he's bewildered by it and he's trying to understand it, but I don't think it's not until the very end when I think Sam is like, yeah, this is like all bullshit, bro. Mm. I think like Idubs really understands what's going on. Okay. That's my interpretation of it. Makes absolute sense because it does feel like that. I also feel like he should know better. I don't know. I, I, right. I, there's a there's a, a bit of disbelief that I have a trouble suspending about stuff like that. You know, guys like Sam Hyde or Nathan Fielder or whoever, how much of it is real? Right. right? And But how much do they know that you know that it's not real? Kaufman set this up but they're taking it somewhere completely different um even uh, john wilson even the how-to show like okay there was this big reveal in the third season of it if you've never seen how to with john wilson rectify that immediately i'm going to do a brief little bit of spoilers doesn't matter show's great this will affect your enjoyment of it none there's an entire episode about like how to i think it's like how to disappear if i remember that one or yeah. one of those where he winds up befriending this guy and then through a, a series of, I can't even remember the exact series of events that happens, but then he like the car blows up supposedly with this guy in it for the show. And then a couple minutes later, we get the big reveal that no, the guy was in on it. This was done with the help of an effects crew. We did, we did three reshoots with this car <laughs> And it's just like, okay, well, then how much of the rest of what I just watched was staged? You know, like how, and so you, how how deep does it go? Right. And that's part of where I'm like, okay, it's great, but also, how much are you fucking with me? And honestly, I don't even know if I want to know the answer. Yeah. I I mean, that's like, that's the, the, like you said, that's the challenge with guys like that or like people like, like Eric Andre. Yes. Um, I would even say like Tim Hayeker. Right. Yeah. Cause this, he spent so much time doing that, the Tim Hayeker character. Yeah. And so it's like, Oh, how much of this is actually what Tim thinks <laughs> versus Tim, the character. He'll never come out and say, yeah, that was just, I'm just, you know, I mean, maybe he will. I don't know, but I, I don't really f- listen to like office hours, which is the, the podcast he does, but 
I get the feeling just from the output that I've seen like on cinema and everything like that, like Greg Turkington for years denied that Neil Hamburger and he were the same person. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I met Greg Turkington and like tried to ask him about the big ball. <laughs> and th- mind you, this is Greg before a show. Right. And we're just shooting the shit. Yeah. He's actually like, he's a, a little weird. Yeah. But he's also like a very sweet person and seems like, the kind of guy that will make time for anyone that appreciates his craft. Sure. Even if he, even if he can only give you five minutes, he'll give you five minutes. Sure. That's the vibe I've always gotten off of him. But like, I'm just asking him, like, you know, this is like 2010, 2011. Okay. And so I'm like, what was the big ball? And he was like, well, it was like this, you know, we had like this muscle lady who was like our Vanna White. <laughs> and he tried explaining it to me. And it was so weird. But you could tell, like, he, he didn't really, what was the difference between him and and Neil Hamburger because I was asking him a Neil Hamburger question but he was Greg yeah so it was kind of like I like he he kind of answered the question like enthusiastically but also like I was kind of also like stepping on his foot but it was also weird that he's just like bullshitting with people after the show in as Neil Hamburger mm-hmm. but talking as Greg yeah, he dropped I, the voice and he didn't. Yeah, you know, and you know. he—I mean, he's—he's he's kind of doing it, you know. He, you know, he's—he's he's fucking with, you know, he's yucking up things, sure. doing things for emphasis, and but mostly just kind of talking like how we are. I think some people are so protective of their persona because it's something they've crafted, or it's you know, there's there's a financial or an artistic incentive to keep that distinction. Um, I mean. I suppose, yeah. I mean, I mean, fucking Andrew WK when he played the Firebird would not come out of the green room because he didn't want to talk to anyone. Like, am I? And I think it was because he did not want to like. He didn't want to disappoint someone. I don't think. I don't think. I think one. He he didn't want to fucking deal with a bunch of fucking drunk idiots. It was one of the worst crowds I've ever been a part of. Was Andrew WK at the Firebird like ten years ago? Like he like would not leave the green room after. Like I think he stayed in the green room from like the second doors open and then came out to perform, went back into the green room and just like sat there. And I remember kind of like people to, who worked at the venue and stuff were like hanging around and just like want to get like something signed or just like say, Hey, and it got to the point where like this guy is like going to stay here till like 3 a.m. Until like the promoter tells him well, everyone's, everyone's gone. gone. Yeah. And I was like, all right, Steve, Mike, fucking <laughs> poser. I mean, yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk to him so I could ask him if he was Steve Mike because I'm an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I'm talking about public personas. I mean, Dwayne Johnson, everybody calls him The Rock. Everybody. Yeah. It's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Rock's a character that he created sure. for Vince McMahon. That to me is like, wow. Either The Rock was such a beloved character or the the power of this belief that there was a distinction between the two is is so strong. I because obviously he does not act like The Rock when he's in a movie, right? But he's billed as. That's that's what's so interesting to me. Well, the- he's not trying to bill himself as Dwayne Johnson, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So I see what you're saying, but my understanding that Part of that is because of the contract mm. that individuals like 
John Cena and The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin have with Vince McMahon with the WWE. Okay. And so that's more I of a business think, decision. Okay. I think some of that is like how like, you know, Stone, you know, Stone Cold Steve, because it's not Steve Austin and Jason no. X. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin mm-hmm. and whatever stuff that Stone Cold was in as a movie, as an actor. And I think it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson for as long as it was. And I think sometimes it is. I think sometimes it isn't. And I think it really depends on whether or not Dwayne Johnson is under contract with the WWE. Hmm. And sometimes he's out of con- contract and sometimes he's in contract. Because I think if he's in contract and he's doing performances like that, he has to give a kickback to Vince and the WWE. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a really fucking insane clip of John Cena on uh, Howard Stern's show from like 10, 15 years ago where Howard Stern's trying to wrap his head around the fact that like, okay, but you do this stuff outside of the WWE, but yet you're still giving money to the WWE. And he's like, well, you know, they they built me up and they gave me this opportunity and and like it just absolutely fucking full boot in his mouth. Yeah. You well, know. seen as a company man, I mean that's. And, I mean, spoken like a man who who would not recognize it in the pens of Taiwan. <laughs> right. Yeah, he had to apologize and. God, the the, the fake subtitles. Oh. Uh, I have been. I will. I have been executed by the state. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And, and I hate to say, it, like the way the accent that he's affecting. Sounds like a like a come town bit. Yeah, it sounds like someone trying to be like it, transgressive. It sounds, weird, it sounds yeah. like your racist aunt talking about someone she saw at the grocery store. Yeah, but but apparently his his uh, you know, accent spot the, the, on. You know, so. the, someone someone had to be like prefaces it with like they were speaking their moon language. Oh boy! Oh, yeah, you're like oh, we're getting some old timey stuff old here. Old time class, the classic the, intolerance, racism, classic. The, uh, the original formula. <laughs> the original formula. We tried back, new racism back when they back back out. back from uh, back when they had asbestos and everything. That's right. Yeah, we tried the new formula of racism, but nobody liked it, so we had to go back to the back to the drawing board. Yeah. Sorry, there are times when I don't realize what I'm saying, and then I come back racism, to it a minute the, later. The original recipe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the original recipe of racism. <laughs> back back when everyone hated Albanians. <laughs> 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 Just throw a dart at a map and be like, yeah, that's Al- Albania. Sure, let's do this that. Is like, I, there's like there's some guy in, in Bhutan. Yeah. Rice farmer. Yeah. Lives a simple, beautiful life. Never met an Albanian in his life. Sons of bitches. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Get, 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 <laughs> yeah I only want to hear about it. Right. Uh, <laughs> some, doing, some, beautiful, some guy living a beautiful life. Yeah. You know, something idealistic. He's trying to explain uh, the Israel-Hamas conflict, and he's just like shaking his head. He's just right. like, I'm just a simple rice farmer. Right. I have my, my Datsun. Hmm. That was my grandfather's. It's not my Datsun. It has over three hundred thousand miles on the engine. I have LCD TV. Mm-hmm. Don't need four K. Mm-hmm. Just a simple rice farmer. Mm-hmm. And you come to me with this bullshit. You're you're ruining my pastoral life. Mm-hmm. And and then um, he he kung fu kicks you in the stomach, and it's just like a straight plug comes out of your midsection. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's. You have offended him so deeply that he's he's reached into his tiger magic. Right. And it's just... (laughs) 
eviscerates you in, in front of your own family. Yeah, just unbelievable. You will be spoken of, and he and he'll, he'll even say if you take you you have three steps to take and then you will die. Oh, a classic! Even though, even though you have a straight plug, yeah, the diameter of a soccer ball so out that, of your midsection, and death becomes her. You just got that big. You, you, if you don't move, you're okay. That's, <laughs> the, the the Looney Tunes logic, yeah. Someone get me a chair. Yeah, yeah. Give me a roller chair. Uh, <laughs> but you're in the rice paddy. <laughs> I like how that took a fucking left turn, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, uh huh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah." The simple man you've ruined. You've just you've you, brought you've brought modern 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 modernity 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 into his life, and he 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 curses you, yeah, for diluting his waters, yeah, with with your your life of complication and sin and regret. Mm. And and centripetal karma that never goes anywhere. It's mm-hmm. just it's just the suffering. And he's just a simple rice farmer mm-hmm. with a Datsun. Yeah. And you're trying to fuck up his vibe, man. Yeah. No cap. This is how I feel like every time I go onto social media and discover a phrase or a thing that I was like, you know what, I didn't know this before, and now my life is uh is oh, full yeah. of pain. Oh yeah, I mean that's I I mean part of why I'm not on social media a lot right now is because of of a, a thing that's going on in the world right now where it's like yeah I, I don't I, I know this is bad I know this suffering is here and I'm not trying to look away from it I just have a, a there's a capacity yeah of what I can take yeah compassion and, fatigue you've you've hit your limit sure yeah. empathy or just understanding that the world is. It's really fucked up, <laughs> and we there's so many things being done in like our name, yeah. That I don't agree with, and obviously, overwhelming majority of people in this world don't agree with, right? And yet, it's still going to continue because we have, you know, I had actually a high school teacher, um, or teacher in high school as a history teacher, and he was a young Republican, little little fucking bow tie mother- motherfucker. Definitely did not get any pussy in college kind of guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just real like uh, sh- pro Sean Hannity kind of dude. Oof. But even he said, like, again, this is 20-something years ago, was right. like, what the Israelis are doing to the Palestinians is not right. Yeah. But they are going to get away with it because of the Holocaust. Yeah. and I'm... Because of this guilt that we have. As Collectively. Yeah. yeah. As, a, as a society even. God, I was in college reading uh, uh, Joe Sacco's journalistic comic. It's one of the first times I'd seen like nonfiction in comics. Yeah, Joe Sacco's Palestine. You know, Joe Sacco has gone on to do a number of other books, but boy, Palestine still just hits me where it hurts. And that book is twenty something years old. You know, like this is a guy he just he he went there and he drew what he experienced and he you know uh, interviewed people like he was doing actual journalism but he was doing it in a format that maybe was not i don't know i don't know if comics and journalism necessarily mix but in this case it did because it gives you you know because it's one thing to have pictures it's one thing to have video but something about the hand drawnness of it and this kind of handmade feel 
made it feel more real. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a specific aesthetic thing, but it, boy, if you have a chance, Palestine by Joe Sacco is required reading, at least in my mind, because as soon as I read that, I was like, okay, yep, this is this is bad. What 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 the Israelis are doing is bad, and it. it yeah. Changed the way I perceive things because you know I, I grew up as a Catholic kid. I didn't know any better. It, it, I didn't know any of this weird. stuff. I, I had to explain the whole settlers thing to a coworker this week. Really? Uh, he like he didn't understand. Like he had a very he didn't have a very deep understanding of what was going on over there. And he's like, I guess it's settling down. And I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? Right? They just bombed the top half of Gaza, the top, like the northern half of Gaza. And now they're threatening to just bomb the rest of the fucking country in the kingdom come. He's like, oh, wow. And like, he's like, yeah, like had to explain like settlers about like how like there are parts like in like the this West Bank where like, you know, they'll fucking murder someone. The IDF will murder someone or someone will die. And like Palestinians will go to like the funeral mm-hmm. and settlers will come in and like yuck all, of, you know, yeet all their the Palestinian shit into the street while also moving all their shit in and they'll come back from like a funeral or going to the grocery store. And there's just some dumb fat fuck from long Island being like, yeah, it's my place now. <laughs> yeah. I'm real sorry. But, um, Oh, I've I mean, seen like, that guy. That that, there's other that. people out there that don't under, that don't understand this conflict on some level other than like Hamas is bad or something or like, Oh wow. It seems, seems real ugly over there. Like I, went to school with a young woman who was Palestinian. Okay. And like every other summer she would go over and visit family. Sure. And, and to show you how long ago this was, you could just kind of like, I think Palestine still had an airport. I don't think Israel had bombed that into desolation yet. As you, as you do as a young Palestinian girl, you kind of want to go shopping Mm-hmm. And so her and a family friend that was also her age would go to the shopping mall that was on the other side of a security border. Okay. And my classmate uh, had a big fucking mouth. She did not take shit from anyone. I got in her crosshairs a few times growing up. And I was like, yeah, immediately staring at the floor. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Like, like this is, yeah. this is, this is, this was, she was, she did not take any shit. A commanding presence. Yes. They're trying to get through this border or the security crossing so they can go to like this shopping mall or something in like Tel Aviv and or Jerusalem or whatever. Because even me as an ignorant American can't remember what fucking town it was. Okay. But. This young IDF soldier is giving them shit. And my classmate is like, kind of, I guess, maybe forgot where she was a little bit. And starts mouthing off to this IDF soldier. And the IDF soldier is, you know, you know, you want this? You want me to fuck you up? Blah, blah, blah. And she tells the IDF soldier, no, you fucking kill me. I don't give a shit. And the IDF soldier looks at her and he takes out a sidearm and kills her friend shoots her point blank in the head jesus fuck and she told that in speech class senior year and i was like oh i'm telling stories about uh being a mall rat and other people are (laughs) one girl's about how her 
she's the unrecognized bastard child of like the best bowler in the world or something like all of these like really weird stories going the gambit of ups and downs and seriousness and yeah. unseriousness and everyone's just like oh wait that's what's going on like literally like people are like wait that's what's going on over there yeah and that's i think that's by design i think there's a certain amount of willful ignorance on our part as westerners and i think that there's also a certain amount of not correcting us that that happens elsewhere as well like oh yeah everything's fine and they go yeah yeah well let them think that we're gonna do whatever Uh, there's just a whole cottage industry uh basically of you know let them be ignorant and we'll do this you know sure tell you how old this story is like i don't think uh you could kind of like i want to go shopping over in israel as a as a gazan or as a palestinian i don't think that's really been afforded to the average individual in in the west bank or in gaza for about 25 years i have to tell you how old that story is because now it like i don't think there would even be a face-to-face interaction i think they would just probably uh, shoot you in the leg with uh, one of those flower bullets or whatever they're called and, and, and <laughs> right. cripple you. Right. You know, I've, I've heard this a few times. My brother used to, uh, has told me this before, but we got our dystopian future. It just sucks. Yeah. Like you don't even got in the cool parts. Right. And I've heard this quote being thrown around a couple different ways over the last month or so. I don't know who it's attributed to, but it's kind of stuck with me. Is that like the, uh, the apocalypse is here. It's just not everyone's experiencing it. And I think mm. you look at places like the Middle East, and that is apocalyptic. Yeah. That is dystopian. Oh, yeah. It just hasn't reached here yet. Emphasis on I, I mean, in a, way, in a way it has, because a lot of the stuff that I experienced when covering Ferguson yeah. through the St. Louis County Police, through Highway Patrol, through all of the fucking piss-at municipalities that make up St. Louis County, a lot of, that's, a lot of those tactics were taken from police officers that had gone and trained with the IDF. Mm-hmm. I know St. Louis County and St. Louis City Police Metro Cops. I think both, if you go on their websites, maybe they've taken it down now, like post-Ferguson, uh, but used to like brag about being uh, accredited by the Israeli you know, mm-hmm. Defense Force and stuff like that. And when Ferguson was occurring, when it first started, a lot of the advice that protesters and press got on social media were from Palestinians dealing with their own experiences with the IDF. Yeah. So here's how to, here's how to, uh, you know, avoid tear gas. Or here's, here's how to protect yourself from tear gas. Here's this, here's that. Here's how to avoid getting kettled and things, you know, um, like things of that nature. I mean, the first time I was tear gassed, I think that was on West Florissant. Yeah. By the the Westfall Shopping Center. Oh man, yeah, right there by the Emerson. Yep, uh, yep. Emerson Electric. Yeah, yeah. I got tear gassed and I got like a cancer land right by my feet, <clears throat> and I was running away. Someone put something over my mouth so I could breathe easier, and I we got separated because of all of the shit going on, and I'm able to get away. And the thing about tear gas, you've never been tear gas. It sucks shit, but it, eventually, once you get out of it. After a couple minutes, you're okay. the The long term effects can last for days, but as far as like being able to like breathe, breathe, <laughs> yeah. and like have motor function and 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 be 
uh, an active participant in the situation around you, uh, like getting the fuck away from whatever bad shit's about to go down. Uh, you're you got you got a couple minutes of of a real hell world of of your mucous membranes just pissing and shitting, and then like eventually like you get your eyesight back. And I can't tell you how fucking weird it is to get tear gassed and not be able to see and be crying and be snotting everywhere and dribbling, and and then you you're able to get your eyesight back. And then you realize like that orange thing was a cop car that was on fire. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a real that was that was the night that Darren Wilson was acquitted. But anyways, but I had realized that like I looked at this this big wad of cloth that I had clutched over my mouth and it was a Kiefa. Huh. So I and I still have that. I think it's probably still got tear gas in it. Sure. What we are seeing going on there on some level, if we if we don't stand up to it internationally or regionally or however you want if we don't if we if we don't put our foot down as, as people that, that that's not acceptable that's barbaric this genocide this oppression this open air concentration camp the settler colonialism apartheid um, whatever you want to call yeah, it whatever yeah whatever you want to fucking call it that's going to come to us like i said just describing ferguson right and all that it's already bits and pieces right but wholesale if we don't the powers that be and I'm not trying to sound like some fucking Dale Gribble motherfucker but it's true the powers that be will be like oh okay we because yeah. they use they, the Israeli defense force uses Gaza uses the West Bank when they fire they use it as a test bed for testing weapons right the craft brewery <laughs> of suffering yeah, it's artisanal, right? It's handmade. artisanal suffering. Small batch, handmade. I used to always think I, I I worked at this place where we had techs that would go around the world fixing these machines that we we made, and uh, I remember my boss who was this for the long time listeners. This is the job where the the boss who I'm about to describe, someone came up to him because a, a coworker cut his finger off in the machine. He goes. Find someone else. I'm busy. Oh, yeah. This, yes, is, the, this that is that guy. job. All right. Right wing motherfucker had like a uh, fuck your feelings shit. Yeah, classic you know, kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, fucking had gout. <laughs> he was telling me one day about like about how he loved going to Israel to work on machines because uh, of all the like hot women that were like in like you know <laughs> like it was like this one of those things like. Yeah, but think how much of your tax money. Like that's your yeah. Like you paid chi- for that. These chicks, these chicks won't even look at you, right? And their whole entire life is funded basically by our tax dollars. Yeah. Like you're a cuck, <laughs> absolute <laughs> fucking cuck. You are. You are the. You are a cucked patriot. Cucked by the IDF. Yeah, uh, I got a I got a new uh, romance novel I'm working on now. Apparently, with, with uh, that IDF, title. IDF won't suck me. IDF won't suck me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Zionism makes makes the world an unfriendlier place, a more destructive place. <sighs> Especially uh, Christian Zionists. Those those people are the weirdest ones. Oh, they're fucking crazy. It's all end times prophecy, you know, reading Revelation shit. And Israeli, the Jewish Zionists, some of them are more than happy to play their part in that narrative because, it's like, yeah, we'll take your fucking money. Or like, I was gonna say, yeah, whatever gets some support. Yeah, it's, sure. Yeah, it's this. It's this real uh, fucking 
Ouroboros of suck. Yeah, nastiness. Uh, just, just, yeah, that way of thinking adds so much suffering to this world that doesn't need to be here. Not to fucking preach, but... Look, hey, you're not wrong. It yeah, does. it makes things harder for non-Zionist Jewish people, non-fundamentalist Jewish people. It makes things harder for normal-ass people, people who yeah. are just normal-ass Muslims. Right. Just people that are just lunch pail ass motherfuckers. Just right. people that want to have a normal life with a sense of dignity and and uh, purpose. You know, something malleable, something real. And they're living in an apocalypse. Yeah. This is, for some of those, some people in Gaza right now, this is the end times. Where, where does, how does it get better? Because already you've already had half of Gaza you know fucking destroyed by bombs and missiles and rockets and if they're pushed into egypt and jordan or however it goes from what there yeah because it already seems like they're trying to eradicate as many palestinian bloodlines as possible making a, a nation of refugees where do we as westerners where do we as americans where do we get to feel what does where does that leave us if we're the quote unquote police of the world, the beacon, the shining city on a hill? If we allow, I mean, we already did this shit to the Indians and Native Americans, I suppose. But how how do we ever get to feel like we are good and moral and ethical people if we engender this? I mean, we've been doing this in one way or another in the Middle East for 50, 60 years, sure. Mm-hmm. But this is bad. Yeah. And this is... this is really bad. And we can't even get uh, fucking Bernie Sanders to outright condemn it. And th- that's the part that's really thrown me for a loop. I guess it's the whole, uh, you know, uh, kill your darlings or, you know, that kind of thing where you're like, you know what? No, um, don't don't necessarily think that someone that you look up to on maybe one aspect is going to necessarily always have the right answer or whatever. Sure. But at the same time. There was, during the many campaigns that we've kind of followed with uh, Senator Sanders, this feeling that he understood at least something about alleviating suffering. And, and so, like, yeah. what Just out over there, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Which, which is how I feel a lot of vaguely left of center people is that, well, I mean, you can still be a nationalist in many different ways. Oh, yeah, nationalism isn't necessarily always a negative. Yeah, it's not always going to look authoritarian. It could also just, or, I mean, sometimes it is turning a blind a blind eye to the ugliness of the, of the world. There's also something to be said for a nationalism that's built on a, a hopefulness. And I always thought, up until 2010, I thought that that was possible, you know, because that's, that's what got me. Uh, let me be clear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hoodwinked you. Yep. Uh, so that, I mean, that's really, I, uh, I sucked off a man on cocaine. <laughs> uh, smoked, I got your asses. Smoked, smoked crack. Smoked uh, crack. Um, it was great. It was great. It was, it was great. It's high. It's crack. Jack in the box. <laughs> or 20 tacos. <laughs> Ate all them suckers up. He even had the unmitigated gall to call his memoir, the audacity of hope. Yeah. So. Joke's on me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, in the first presidential but, election that I was eligible for, I voted for Ralph Nader. So what does that say about me as a person? Man, real hopeful. You have to. You have to have something. I mean, I, I, mean, I remember my the first election I could vote in was 2004. Okay. And I remember just thinking, like, well, John Kerry kind of sucks. Right. But George Bush really, I mean, that's always been like, I mean, again, you go back to do we want 99% Hitler? You want 100% Hitler. Yeah, I know. I feel like John Kerry, I mean, I don't know, like, if John Kerry would have been a good president. He probably would have been an okay peacetime president. He had no juice, man. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes I mean, we've had presidents with no juice. Yeah, and they're one-termers. Sure. Jimmy Carter. Oh, H.W. I mean, come on. Sure. Zero riz, as the kids would say. Yeah. You can put like, but like, you can have a zero risk president if he like gets shit done. These days, I don't know, man. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, well, now we have to be. Now it's all about. It's almost like fucking branding. It's like, do you wear Tommy Hilfiger or do you wear Nautica or some shit like that? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's politics as a lifestyle brand. That's an interesting. Everything's brand. a fucking lifestyle brand. <sighs> you can go to the guitar center and pick up a four thousand dollar Gibson guitar, and it's got a fucking warped neck. <laughs> oh man like i mean even 20 years ago i worked at guitar center I used to play a game of what does the custom shop gibson have wrong with it that the 800 dollars schecter c1 does not <laughs> like the okay. korean made schecter the the schecter made by the samic factory wow. where they literally like you go in there and they like okay you want super strap body okay uh you know, and it's almost like a grading of like how nice do you want this guitar line that you're making to be? Jesus, it's like it's yeah, it's um, it's all. I mean, Samick makes good shit, sure, but that always used to crack me up that like this, you know, thirty-two hundred dollar Les Paul custom is got bad binding. The fucking <sighs> logos aren't centered. <laughs> like, oh, man. And not even the way that's like, oh, it's handmade. It's like, yeah. no, this is bad. Like, this yeah. isn't like, oh, this is just like someone did this as best as they could by eye with, with like old school instruments or something. Like, no, this is just bad. This <sighs> is this is being hoodwinked. Because Gibson guitars have been for about 20 years like the same level of like lifestyle brand. I lifestyle brand is like Harley Davidson. Anyways. Yeah, no, I mean I, I, but I, everything but everything is image. Yeah. I've been actually kind of contemplating this. I haven't really gone too deep into it, but like I wonder what like someone like E. D. Borwa thought of about like AI. Like AI images. Because isn't that the ultimate spectacle? It's kind of like I mean it is a little bit masturbatory because you're like, okay, oh, sure. Bitcoin ape winning a drinking contest at Bush Stadium. <laughs> what what does the collective what yeah. what is our unconscious? What is that? Um, it's you know, a, it's an image of success. It's an image, but of... but like it's it's but my own like curiosity with like doing AI images. Like yes, I want Drake, you know, eating Chinese food in a bathroom. Well, I think that's because you want to see Drake humiliated for his many crimes. So sure, a, he's baby soft. I ain't got no respect for a man. There's with, an with innate jelly bones. desire. There's an innate desire to see the powerful laid low, and I think that's. My sure. favorite genre of AI is that stuff. Like uh, I did one where it was like Donald Trump in a hospital bed. Like, <laughs> Donald Trump. Yeah, you know, just uh, yeah. Donald Do- Trump getting the wrong order. <laughs> just something. But you know? um, but it's like, can can we get something like Puff Day looking the dollar bill? I think so. But I, but, even, but like that, that thing of like yeah, like someone so bewildered by by the normalcy of something or the banality of of whatever, but. 
but this is like in a way is i think it's very much like it's staring at our own navels because now we've created this thing that we are training on all of these images and understand what certain images are or aren't and then it's like yeah okay i want drake praying at a, a shinto shrine with minions yeah and what like i can like i can sit down there and i could draw that i'm not really good at freehand drawing anymore but in theory i could ask rory to do that i could ask thor yep. jensen to do that right but it's almost like you give 10 words you're using a sentence you're using language mm-hmm. and then you're asking a visualization of it like i mean that is suspectable it's everything that's been lived distilled in the images right removed from origin like this does kind of feel like the end of everything if i'm gathering what you're saying and and, and correct me if i'm wrong but but the board side is a spectacle uh, is mostly with mediated images, right? I mean, yes, that's... it's the mediation of images removed right. from their like point of origin. Okay, because what I'm because th- I'm thinking also about like abstractions and all that stuff, and because I what I I've noticed is that AI art when I try to give it an abstract thought, it doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, and so like I would put in prompts that were just like names of episodes. For this show, yeah, I put in like the pickle man tricked me again. It generated a shopkeep in like a Skyrim type of fantasy setting with a big jar of pickles. I was like, okay, how did it get? That's that's the thing that interests me. How did it get from just the phrase "the pickle man tricked me again" to this wizard-looking dude with a jar of pickles in a fantasy tavern out of Lord of the Rings. I, I, that, that to me, is a, an interesting... Yeah, so that would be interesting to pry apart a large language model and see how it extrapolated that image from the information you gave it. Right. On the other side, like why it's so interesting to do some someone who is incredibly well-known. Taylor Swift. Sure. Drake. Donald Trump. Barack Obama is why the reason you get such interesting results from using people like that in your prompt is because they have been documented, they have been photographed so much, they have become part of the spectacle okay. so much. So they they're woven into it. They're yeah. woven they are so now woven into the this mediation of images that now we can create moderately or sometimes even sometimes pretty good. Free yeah. decent Modern, pretty decent, sometimes even pretty good images of things that have never taken place. Right. Drake has never prayed at a Shinto, Shinto shrine with minions. <laughs> that we know of. He's that never prayed with hype beasts in front of a Buddha statue. <laughs> He's never eaten Chinese food out of a toilet <laughs> that we know of. That we know of, yeah. These images technically don't exist, but yet we have created them. Yeah. And not even by our own hands. But by yeah, we've allowed a third party to to kind of step in something yeah. that's so alienated from its source. Hmm. Yet we find it so fascinating to fuck with it. I find it like I like I think AI like again I think this is like kind of the end times for I think most creative fields. If yeah. they weren't already, yeah. Well, I mean, SAG-AFTRA and and the WGA just had a you know hundred plus day strike about it on on both sides. Yeah, because they can see this coming because people are already trying to replace writers or to, you know, to distill certain jobs down and just have large language models generate content. 
<sighs> content. I fucking hate that word, but it's accurate because that's exactly what we're talking about. We're not talking about a thing that is made. We're talking about a thing that just exists to exist, content, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's why a lot of this really weirds me out because it's, if I wanted to, I could sit there and plug in our voices, type out a, an hour and a half worth of nonsense. And it's, just, it's just us saying, I'm gay, I'm gay. Yeah, in in, gay. in varying different tones for, for an hour. And then My dick doesn't work, day. I'm gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or having us just like read out the Wikipedia entry for, I don't know, the Battle of Luxembourg. Or the Light Brigade or something. Something, yeah, yeah uh, anything, yeah. Olestra. <laughs> but I, but this is I feel like we are entering a world where everything is empty calories. Oh, I don't think we're entering. I think we've been in there for a while. I I mean like it's really here now. I uh, think I think we pre- were pretending we weren't, but now it's undeniable. You'd have to go back to the 60s and 70s to find something that wasn't necessarily empty calories and even then it was probably sponsored by fucking Colgate. So I mean Wig out on the Colgate Hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Iron Butterfly with <laughs> yeah. polyester pussy pants. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Sure. Why not? Sure, why... If there isn't a song out there called Polyester Pussy Pants, well, the guy in a narrow jacket eating. <laughs> this is a new Andy War. I can create Andy Warhol film <laughs> that doesn't exist. Okay. And it's just an AI image of a guy in, in a narrow jacket just eating a, a regenerating peach for an hour. <laughs> and you know what? Someone's probably already got a, a prompt ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's like that fucking Beatles music video. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Jeez, we didn't that, get that, into that. Yeah, did we? Yeah. Oh, two two weeks in a row we didn't we didn't go into. It, I, but I I have. A... I, I showed I showed it to my girlfriend, and she's like, "The songs, whatever." I'm like I'm like, but this music video is is a sin, like against so many things. I've always it, it, it really was like they dug up John Lennon and shot him again. That's what I've always felt about like putting dead actors in the movies and stuff, and like uh, I mean. You know, Peter Cushing, when they did that Rogue One scene with him, and, and, like, we're pushing it here. Like, The Flash. I saw it over the summer. The Flash has a scene with George Reeves in it. George Reeves, the guy who killed himself because, you know, playing Superman was just fucking with him. And they digitally put him in the Superman suit and had him like, hey, buddy. Um, You know, they had Nick Cage, who was never actually in a Superman movie. They had him come in for a day. They shot a bunch of stuff with him. And then they didn't use anything they shot. They CG'd it into him doing something that he never did on set. And he had said this in an interview later. I think, I think, and then like Tim Burton's pissed. Well, yeah, because that was his, that was Superman Lives. That was his. That was his movie. Yeah. That was his concept. That was his pitch. And also he's pissed because they use his Batman. Yep. And I've, I've watched a couple of clips of all that on YouTube. And I'm like, Wow, this is bad. Like yeah. this isn't like and it's not even it's not even like interesting like the flash is like moving through this space is literally going from one like it's like it's going from TV screen to TV screen. Yeah, and that's how it's presented too. As though the speed force isn't something metaphysical but is instead its own mediated reality that is only concerned with things that you've Cons- already which, seen. Which feels like consumable images. No, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a which is a fucking really lame way of explaining 
or interpreting or expressing this metaphysical concept, it could be interesting. Well, yeah, because even in the Flash TV show, the Speed Force is represented as this kind of nebulous interzone between time and space. It's literally, you have gone so fast that the rules and the laws of nature no longer apply. But how do you represent that on screen? One the fuck, Supergirl? Well, that's not a... I just, I was just, I, I want, uh, I want to, uh, I want to take Supergirl and uh, remove her from her family setting uh-huh. and uh, allegedly abuse her and then return her <laughs> and then go to a movie premiere. There was a point and I've lost it, but the uh, how, how do you represent that? And so the the producers <laughs> moving nope, really fast. Trying, how do you, how do you represent that? And the and the flash? wait. So so is the Speed Force a meagle? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. So, how do you represent that on film, right? So, the, their concept was instead of... Ezra, this is all the dick pics in history. <laughs> right. Instead of Dr. Manhattaning it and trying to figure out a way to like look at time as, a, as, as oh, something... Oh, from where I was standing, he was practically nutting. <laughs> <laughs> what they did instead was they showed time as... Like a series of home movies, and that this is this is where I'm getting. I'm 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 coming to a point uh, that they showed time as like a series of home movies. His memories with his family, right? But yeah. but then when time starts fucking up, it's not memories of his family. It's not memories of things that he's experienced. It's these things that he hasn't. But like you said, they're presented as though they're reels on a film going by. That's kind of odd because it's like okay. You've broken reality, but reality is now represented in this metaphor by film like the film you were showing us. There is no clear point of view here. We don't know, like, does he recognize these people? Would it? You don't see Ezra for, like, the full five minutes of this sequence. Yeah. When they're showing all these other possibilities of Superman and Batman, whatever. They even used old footage of, of you know Burt Ward and Adam West, and I'm sure the estate of both of them was very unhappy with that. And Christopher Reeve as well. They, they put him on somebody who you know standing. What is this supposed to mean in the context of this movie? There isn't one. What they're showing you is for you, the audience, not for the character. That you know what I mean. You've now removed fourth wall doesn't exist. Fourth wall is gone. We've completely demolished it. They're literally jingling keys in front of your face and going... It, yeah, it's insulting. Yeah, it's, there is a point at which it's like, there's, there's, okay, what the fuck? Who is this for, number one? Yeah. And then the other one is, is this supposed to be enjoyable? Because generally the answer is no. <laughs> like, Because, hey. like, not to use the phrase, but it's fucking navel-gazing. Because like, at least like, no, it with is, the yeah. Batman... If you took all the Batman shit out of it, you would still have the bones of a pretty decent noir film. Sure. Obsessive rich guy who, who's... Yeah, yeah, like, it's not really... T- you, you could take away all of that set dressing and still have a treatment that would work for anything sure. else. could be a decent thriller. Instead of, what if Batman meets seven and it's pretty, <laughs> pretty above average? Right. But, yeah, I... I who is it for? That's really it. It's, who is it for? It's, it's for 50-year-old guys that go, oh, I get that. Jay Freeman of, uh, I don't even know a television. Yeah, yeah. RIP to that show. 
I remember him posting when we were Facebook friends still about how Doctor Who is for for people that love to edit Wikipedia. <laughs> it's for people to be like I understand it better than you. I yeah. understand this like it's for people that have decided to fulfill or fill the emptiness in them with useless knowledge. It's filling out a spreadsheet in lieu of a personality. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel like a lot of the mo- more recent Marvel stuff has been. It's just like we're we're ticking off boxes. Yep, we got this oh, guy, geez, we got like, this guy, we got that guy. The movies are bad. Like like they they were some of them were fun. Mhm. But generally not very good, and they made a shit ton of money, but I think people now have wisened up. One can only hope. Well, I mean, that Marvel's movie is completely bombed. Hmm. I heard it looked like shit. Like, I mean, like, the like, I can't remember which Marvel, th- I mean, oh, uh, Love and Thunder, where, like, this was like a $200, $300 million movie. Yeah, you'd said that at the time. It was and- like Bible Man. <laughs> yeah, you really don't feel the uh, the money on the screen, as it were. Yeah, what are you getting in return? And then you're getting, you know, uh, television shows of varying quality. WandaVision was okay. Loki was great. I actually am looking forward to watching season two. Yeah, I mean, uh, as as am I. A large part of that for me, though, is, of course, Hei Kwan. Just getting him on that was like, yep, you're guaranteed I'm going to see anything he's in. Of course, I'm sure. going to watch it. And how much of that is because I'm nostalgic. Who knows? I think a good part of it is also that I enjoyed him so much in everything, well, everywhere. Like with WandaVision and Loki, that the foundation for both of those experiments, both of those shows, is like some old school like comic book writing. Yeah, it does. Where like yeah. where someone really thought maybe a little too hard about the ramifications of things, and kind of made this very precious encapsulated story and i feel like what makes like i i I wish wandavision kind of more spoke onto itself instead of having to bring in all of these other loose things Mm -hmm. they're then supposed to play out in movies i don't think are ever going to get made now right like the fake vision yeah and things like it's like i don't even like comic books that much Right, but it's just like I guess it's it's part of the zeitgeist, and you want to feel like you can at least understand what people are talking about sometimes, so you interact with it a little bit. But like, Wandavision sounded like it had an interesting hook, and it did. It had some stuff that wasn't great, but I think it was more successful than it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And Loki is just like, oh, this is fun. Like everyone's chewing the fucking scenery. It's creative. Great. L- let them do a hangout show for you know ten hours. Yeah, and like. <laughs> did interesting shit was creative in ways that none of the other Marvel shit was. Yeah. I, th- I really do feel like a lot of their talent has moved to the television side combined with like Daredevil, Jessica Jones. I've always felt that the, the televised output because it's serialized and because it has that same kind sure. of affordance that you can have with a television show felt more like comics than, than a film. I've always kind of stuck by that, which is why I appreciate that the the boys adaptation is a series as opposed to trying to squeeze all that into a film. You know, any time that something like Invincible gets adapted, you know that that also feels right as a series because the comics have a certain flow to them, and the show does as well. So yeah, I think as far as like any kind of genre stuff, 
that's long form, I feel always feel like you're going to get more out of it, especially if you're adapting something that is itself very long. Yeah. So I uh, go, Loki season two is available on Disney. No, I'm sorry. I can't even. Yeah. We do all that talking about commercialism and then I go into a plug for Disney Plus. There was a point and I've completely lost it. Eat piss, shit come. <sighs> indeed, indeed. Well, that is about the time of the show where we tell you. Uh, We've got to go back looking for uh, those tunnels. We're going to find them one of these days. <laughs> it's November 24th. <laughs> 1962. I'm in my goon cave. Jelking. <laughs> Janie says she doesn't recognize me. <laughs> she looks like she hit the wall. Uh, oh. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan was an incel. Oh, I love it. Dr. Manhattan was just... <laughs> an incel gooner. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> This is about part of the show where we tell you where to find us online. Brian, where can they find you on the old internet? Uh, if you want to send me death threats, <laughs> tennis shoes, and all that. Um, you send him your finest used underwear via this. Uh... Wash them first. No, why would you? Oh, the whole oh, point oh is my... that they're dirty. Uh, I, I never understood that. <laughs> it's dirty the smell. It's just the smell. Sting? It's a smell. Yeah. It's a smell? Yeah, it's a smell thing. It's a sm- I, don't, I don't know if I have that smell thing then. Hey, different strokes to different folks. Anyway, <clears throat> sure. I guess I guess I just gotta go out and get some used underwear. <laughs> really get a whiff. Can I really get in there? Got... Getting kicked out of the YMCA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say post gym day. Anyway. Post... <laughs> Anyways, if you want to harass me <laughs> online, uh, you can find me on social media on Threads, on Instagram, on Twitter. On Blue Sky. Blue Sky. Blue Sky. Blue Sky. Uh, at uh, Ishogidbor. I-S-H-O-T-G-U-I-D-B-O-R-D. If you want to check out my photography portfolio, it's assholemusicphotographer.com. You want to see some photos and words together in a perhaps a vaguely childish photojournalistic sort of way. Uh, that's uh, a musicphotographer.com. Uh, if you want to check out the last, only, and greatest media website in St. Louis, that's theartsstl.com. Got some good stuff up on there and some good stuff from some other talented folks in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, where can they tell you to stick it up your ass? Oh, boy, oh, boy, you can do that on Twitter. Fuck you, Baltimore! <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can challenge me to pissing anytime <laughs> at, uh, at Video Crime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. Then check burnout bounce or you're a dead motherfucker! <laughs> We'll fuck your wife. And, uh, then, That's right. We'll fuck your wife. <laughs> then, <laughs> I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this section. All right. Uh, so uh, various other places you can find me. Twitter, uh, whatever he said. <laughs> you can reach out to the show, 4-8-MinutesDogsBarking.com. Our email addresses are as follows. Jason at 4-8-MinutesDogsBarking.com. Brian with a Y at 4-8-MinutesDogsBarking.com. Give us a call, 314-246. You got to send me that Daniel Pearl video. Still waiting. Give us a call. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a call, 314-246-9766. That's 314-Ahoy-Poo. And don't forget, support the show, patreon.com slash 4-8-Minutes-Of-Dogs. Who bully? What a show. We love talking about uh, whatever the fuck we just talked about. I want to leave you with one thought. Yes. 
From the river to the sea, Go See will set you free. Hey, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>